Friends and family, welcome back to the new scoreboard, Love God Like Sports, here once again with Brian Davidson. Brian, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great, doing great, Nate. Good to be with you again. Yeah, good to have you back. We, uh, you know, left off last week just talking about the mission, the vision of the new scoreboard, so we're here going to unpack that a little further, um, but last night, you actually had a big day yesterday. Uh, we are talking about sports and how families can interact in sports ministry, and so uh, yesterday, your son Josh had a football game. Did you have any opportunities to interact with the parents or the coaches or the refs in, uh, in, in the game yesterday? Yeah, only a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm I do things a little bit differently sometimes. But interestingly, I, I sat on the other team's stands uh, this week. I, I wanted to get a a view from a different perspective, sort of sort of speak, and hear what other parents from the opposing team were saying about us. Yeah, and it, it, it was great. But I had a great opportunity just to have a dialogue with a, a dad next to me and. Uh, just an enjoyable time, you know, finding out a little bit more about his his child and um, his love for football and what position he played. And we talked a little football. It was great. And I got to uh, just uh, congratulate a referee at the end. So, uh, yeah, it was good. It was nice. good. So, yeah. That's great. Um, today we're going to be talking um, more specifically, uh, but still generically, because we're going to unpack this concept a little further down the road. But um, Brian, it's something you've called the the three P's. Can you uh, unpack that and explain that just a little bit, and then we'll start to to go into a little bit of depth. And like I said, we're going to be unpacking this more in the future. Yeah, well, actually, those three P's have developed into about 10 P's now. Uh, I've kind of got on a roll there, so I, I think that's how we're going to proceed over the next number of weeks. But, yeah, this this P that we're going to talk about this week has to do with purpose. Mm. And uh, I think that's a great starting yeah. point for us, right? Yeah. Uh, we got to kind of know our purpose, but yeah. Well, can you um, can you tell me, Brian, because um, I, I know where you're going to go with this, but just unpack a little bit uh, what you mean by, by purpose. Sure. Well, I think, you know, we, we're, our starting point is, is being a Christian. Mm. And so each and every single one of us <clears throat> has to understand that when we, we become, we follow Christ with all our life, all our heart, our soul, our strength, and all our mind, then there, there's a, a purpose to life that's going to be different than if we weren't following Christ as our right. personal Savior. And so what is that? So like in Joshua, Joshua 24, 15, you know, what does Joshua say? Joshua says, as for me in my household, what? We're going to be what? Followers, yeah. right? Followers of the Lord. That—that's that's that's his purpose. Yeah. He's going to be sure that his household is going to be faithful to God. And I, I look at, um, you know, I look at just general scriptures, and we see like the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. So again, we see a purpose there in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through twenty. 
words I'm sure everybody's familiar with, but just let me read it um, real quickly. Um, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And then we've got Jesus, right? So Jesus comes and, you know, what, what he's saying is basically he's come to do the Father's will, right? Yeah. And let's let's look at a couple things here. Um, you know, he's on Matthew twenty twenty eight. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. Um, he's here to do. I mean, there's a number of purpose type statements uh, throughout Matthew and in Luke and in John. That basically give like, you know, to do the will of the Father, to bear witness to the truth, to seek, to serve, to preach, to teach others, to evangelize, to separate holiness and sinfulness. And so, you know, as I look at that, I have to kind of reflect on that um, with my life, right? So it becomes about kingdom purposes. And, And I think... You know, like all scripture, you know, we can summarize that God's redemptive plan for mankind is found in his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. And, and Right? So then, that's our life, is, is to really, to, to, I guess, know him and to, to make him known. And so, you know, I put that out there as this, this purpose, the, the kingdom purposes. I think, you know, when I read scripture, I, I, only, three, I only see three things that are permanent on, on this earth. God's ways, God's will, and God's word. Yeah. <laughs> those yeah. are the three things. And so I have to be about those three things. Um, so that that's the big picture. Maybe. Sure. Now, last week we talked about this idea, the, the glory of the impossible. Can you just remind our audience a little bit again today of what that statement is and how um, what you're talking about fits into that statement. Sure. You know, like, okay, so it's our purpose. So what I've said in in our life, my wife and I, is we always want to be in position to experience the glory of the impossible. The glory of the impossible is when God works in and through us Mm -hmm. beyond anything we can dream or imagine, and he, and he alone, gets all the glory. And so, when you talk about purpose, you, you, in our life, we have to understand direction, right? That gives us like a, a, a GPS. Yes. And so, we need to know what those kingdom purposes are. And that's where like, you know, the Matthew 28, you know, it's talking about make disciples like that's where the emphasis is on that you know participle verb and that whole great commission it's not just the go going is part of it but make it's about making disciples and so really what ends up happening here the purpose in, in youth sports which which will come to a minute becomes intentional spiritual formation 
and being on mission with God. Those become, you know, two of our key purposes. Yes. Um, so, but but let me even let me. There's like an in between there. Like as we have the the, the our bigger general purposes, let's look to like fathers, mm-hmm. parents, and the we have a biblical mandate, and and you know the biblical mandate. You know Proverbs twenty two six. We see train up our children in the way to go. Why? So that when they get old, they will not turn from their ways. Yeah. So that's not that's not a suggestion. That's a mandate. And and really, what I've chosen for the new scoreboard really is a, if I had a foundational text, it's it's really Deuteronomy six five. Mm-hmm. And you know that it's just a. It's, it's a great little reminder for us, and I won't unpack all of it, but uh, it starts in verse 4, and it says, here, here is, means the Shema. This was uh, in a, a Jewish term, and this portion of scripture, this passage, was actually repeated by the Jews five times a day. But here's what it says, hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You sh- and here's the key. Here's the key part right here for us today. Uh, six, seven. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them. When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. And and that 6-7 really becomes a foundational text for us because it's saying to parents, fathers, teach your children these commands. Now, it's not outsource them. I think we make a great mistake by outsourcing the discipleship of our children. Today. Yeah, yeah. So that we think that by the, the, it's the church's responsibility, or it's our school's responsibility, or youth group, etc. And um, it's not. It's it's us parents. We own have to own the priority responsibility into um, training up our children the way to go to discipling our children. And, and again. We have to have a purpose and a plan for that, Nate. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so great um, to hear you say that. So, you know, we I, – I, let me just kind of, um, you know, see if I can unpack this back to you to make sure I'm getting this. So God has given us a specific purpose, a specific statement that we are to abide by, you know. And, and as Christians, it is to go in the world, make disciples – to bring him glory. And so within our smaller unit family, as fathers, as parents, what we want to be doing is making similar statements, purpose-driven statements that we can look to within our within our specific families in order to help accomplish that goal. Is that is that a fair summary? It is. It is. It is. And then I, I think the next thing we go to is like, how does youth sports fit into that, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it's good to hear you say that because I think some people, because we're going to actually talk a little bit today about your particular family's uh, mission statement, your family's goals. And, and what we want to reemphasize is we don't want a family who's listening out there to, to write down word for word what your mission statement is because your family looks different than someone else's. We just want families to get the idea that, hey, this is a good idea. This is, this is a good tool to, to sit down and purposefully write out, you know, hey, what direction do we want to go in in order to help, um, you know, fulfill the great commission in our family and to make sure that God is receiving all the glory for that? Absolutely. And if it's okay with you, I think I'm going to even hold my mission statement uh, until next week simply because I don't want to influence anybody at all. I think you make a great point about that. Sure. Um, and maybe we'll, we'll leave it as a little bit of our action point or homework for people to uh, work on it. And um, then I'll give mine. And uh, like you said, it's not a blueprint. It's um, what's it's individualized. It's personalized for your families and all. Yeah, yeah. So within, um, so so let's talk more generic then uh, about what are some things that you believe are are good key components for families to focus on when they're thinking about their their mission statement, their purpose. So again, we're talking more specifically in in the area of sports. Um, so, so what are some of those components that, that families should have on their mind as they are looking at that? Right. Okay. Well, a couple things. I think families could actually have one or two mission statements in the sense that I think you can have uh, one for your family. Mm-hmm. Um, a mission statement, first of all, is why exist? Like, why? Yeah. And, and I think we've gone over a little bit of for our life, you know, we're to attach ourselves to kingdom purposes. So, and, and those are make disciples. Yes. Those are to serve others. Those are to do the Father's will. Those are to live according to God's ways, His will, His word. You know, these are the, the broad um, statements that we need to live our life by. Yes. We want to be obedient and faithful in the sight of the on sight of God at the end of the day. Not successful in the eyes of man. And so we, we start there. And then what we do is when we get into youth sports, what we, we begin to say is, listen, um, how does youth sports fit into my family's mission statement? Because we that is a very, very important question. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is our family participating in youth sports? And again, if we're reminded, dads, our priority, parents, our priority is discipling our children. Okay, that that's our priority. I mean, uh, the the uh, there's a guy named uh, Tad Thompson who wrote a book, Intentional Parenting. It's all about family discipleship. It's a short book. I love it. But he makes a statement where he says the spiritual futures of children 
must be placed as a matter of primary importance back into the hands of the people who have the greatest opportunity to influence them for the kingdom of God, their parents. Mm. And under there's, there's a lot of great initiatives today um, kind of focused in on coaches and how to be transformational coaches. But Nate, what I'm saying here is, I'm, a, I'm good with all that. that mm-hmm. That's fine. But no one has a greater impact or should have a greater impact uh, and should be spending more time with them than our parent, than fathers and mothers with our kids. Therefore, we have the greatest opportunity to influence our children spiritually. Mm-hmm. So we have to ask those basic questions when it comes to youth sports. Why are we in youth sports? How does youth sports fit into my discipleship plan Mm. for my children? Mm. That's a key. That's a key. So that's we. That's a drive. We have to know the driving reason of why are we in youth sports? Because if we don't know that. And we're just putting them in because everybody else is doing it. We're without a plan, right. without a focus. We're, you know, we're, we're just followers. Right. You know, we could be heading in the wrong direction. Um, so, so Brian, do you think it's conceivable as families are thinking through this process that a dad, a mom, come together and they come to the conclusion? Wow, we are not serving our children in discipleship by having them be in sports. Maybe we need to consider taking them out and seeing where we can serve them, where we can disciple them in a you know in in a more God centering, God honoring way for that individual family. Do you do you think that's a possibility? Absolutely, I think. That's not necessarily what I'm shooting for here. Right. But I do think that'll be an outcome for some families. Right. Because, again, as I go back to Deuteronomy 6, what I'm trying to do here is say, um, you know, you shall teach them diligently uh, to your children. That's the commands. And you shall talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. And what I'm trying to get to there, which we'll be coming to, is that we're spending a lot of time in youth sports. Yeah. And we're on our way to practice, and we're on our way back from practice, yeah. we're on our way to a game, we're on our way to a tournament, we're on our back, and sometimes, like last night, my son's game was two hours and 15 minutes away. Yeah. You know, and so there is ample opportunity. Uh, that's some great time. And so what are we going to do? We're just going to talk about the game the whole time? Right. Nothing? You know, like, how do we then utilize all this time in the youth sport environment for discipling our kids? How can we fit in, you know, what's going on in that game, preparation for the game, afterwards with uh, teaching biblical truth? Things that have come up through the challenging circumstances, situation, issues, or people that we face, how is it forming us spiritually, and how can we use those challenges to be on mission with God as opportunities to be a witness for Him? That's where we're going with this. However, you're right. 
some people might go, whoa, um, we got to get out of sports. <laughs> we need to spend more time this way. I think the where the plethora of the people, the, the vast majority of the people might go is, whoa, maybe we need to cut back in some areas a little bit. Mm. Um, maybe the travel league isn't where we're supposed to be because it's actually dividing our family. We're missing uh, family times together where we do discipleship. Um, again, as you have a discipleship plan, you have a strategy for teaching, uh, both formal and informal. Um, that's kind of uh, how that's going to happen. So it's going to happen just on the go in discussions, but there's going to be some times you come together as a family for some formal teaching there. And then I think there's um, there's some families who say, okay, let, let's really concentrate how we can have a different perspective, which will be week three or four that we discuss that, of uh, our involvement in sports. Um, yeah. Because... Let me let me let me give you something here, Nate. As we talk about this youth sports and how it fits into our purpose, can, can I take a minute on this? For yeah, a second? please. Let, let's let's go by something that I call like by the numbers, mm-hmm. right? Okay, now and I'm going to give you a lot of numbers, so hang on, hang on. All right, right? all right. Um, eighty percent of children in evangelical homes will leave the church at age 18, according to a Southern Baptist um, survey. Mm-hmm. Barna, one of the great Christian research, if not the greatest Christian research group in the country or the world, says that 61% of today's young adults who have been churched are now disengaged mm-hmm. with the church altogether. Lifeway did a study um, Lifeway Ministries and said 70% will leave their faith in college and only 35% of them will return. 7 out of 10 Protestant kids ages 18 to 30 who went to church regularly in high school quit by the age of 23. Mm-hmm. So something's wrong. Those are some startling numbers and perhaps we've been pushing them to be more successful and perhaps we've not had a a, a greater biblical overarching purpose within our youth sports. Let me give you some other numbers. Um, uh, When when you look into sports, first of all, there's somewhere between 40 to 50 million kids playing sports today. Mm -hmm. It's an over $7 billion industry. And for uh, reasons that we'll go into depth with a little bit next week when we talk about passion, but but dads all think their kids are going to go play pro, and, and and the numbers are this: less than two percent will. One point one percent of all the basketball players will end up going pro. One point six of all the football players will end up going pro. One point four percent of all the soccer players. Two percent of all the high school athletes will be awarded athletic scholarships. Wow! So again, here you know. So our whole focus, oftentimes, is making a name for our kids in youth sports. 
right? Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of what's become our Tower of Babel. If you read in Genesis eleven, you know, like they wanted to make a name for themselves right. by building this the greatest tower. Well, I think we have to ask ourselves as parents: Are we making a Tower of Babel with our kids and youth sports? Is it is it a selfish ambition? driven thing and what are we giving up to do that yeah and and what i'm saying is our kids may go on to play pro or they may get a scholarship but a hundred percent of our parents and our fathers are biblically charged to train up our kids in the in the when the way way hundred percent therefore when they walk out of our house at the age of 18, we have to start from there and work back and go, hey, we need to be training them to be godly. Just as Paul like challenged Timothy, that's what we need to do. We need to have a spiritual formation plan that's intentional because as we mentioned last week, sports in and of itself does not develop character. It reveals it. Yeah. And so we need an intentional presence where we're looking to, to, to train. And we'll go into specifics. And we mentioned last week, you know, if God opposes the proud, which he says numerous times throughout Scripture, he hates those haughty eyes, then we better have a plan, right? We better have a, a purpose, a strategy of how to stand against becoming proud mm-hmm. and, and how we can cultivate humility and... We need to be on mission with God. Yeah. We, we need to be on mission with God to make disciples, to seek, to serve. Right? That's part of, of, of the Father's will um, in, in that great commission for us. Uh, you know, I, so I've said a lot there, but does that kind of, is that making sense? Yeah, I think, I think it does. Um, and I think... You know, one of, I I think probably for, you know, many families, some of the key takeaways of this is is going to be um, reevaluating, you know, just, just take a look and reevaluate. And and we all need to do that. We need to do that in every aspect of our life, no matter what we're doing. I mean, I know that um, your daughter, Joy, and I, we sit down and, you know, every year or every six months, we're reevaluating our finances. You know, we're looking at it saying, hey, you know, I mean, we have a good budget plan set up, but we're looking at it saying, hey, are we unnecessarily spending money here or do we need to redivert more money here? You know, every place reevaluates their, their budget all the time. And so, you know, we're also constantly reevaluating activities in our lives. You know, and parents, um, whether they realize it or not, they're doing that every year as well. When they make a decision, we're going to put, you know, child A, B, and C into three different sports. They are reevaluating where they're spending their time saying, okay, we have the resources to re to redeploy our children here and to split our time here and do this. And so what you're really saying is take some time and reevaluate your purpose as a family. What is your mission? What is your goal? Exactly. And we're going to unpack this week by week. And today, what I'm saying is, got to have a mission statement. Got to have a mission statement. We'll, we'll work to create a plan as we go further here. That's what I'm excited about unpacking with everybody and giving some of these specifics. But first, it begins with a mission statement. Why? Why? 
are why is our family participating in youth sports if we don't have that we're not going to be on mission with mm-hmm. god in the sports community and it's not going to be um an intentional plan also to bring about spiritual formation in our kids. Let, let me give you, this is kind of an interesting story that I take out of a book, Family to Family, Leaving a, a Lasting Legacy. Um, it's by uh, Dr. Jerry Pipes and Victor Lee. And it's interesting. It says, um, consider the difference between the legacies of Jonathan Edwards who was, as many of you will know, a renowned preacher of the 18th century, and the Jukes, an infamous crime family. Here's what it says, Nate. Mm. More than 400 of Edwards' descendants have been traced. They include 14 college presidents, 100 professors, 100 ministers, and more than 100 lawyers and judges, 60 doctors, as well as many authors and editors. Wow. And then they traced 1,200 of the Jukes family, the infamous crime family, and they included 310 professional paupers, 130 convicted criminals, 400 who were physically self-wrecked, 60 habitual thieves, 7 murderers, and only 20 of them ever learned a trade and half of them learned that trade in prison. So, like, the difference here is that Edwards and his family were on mission with God. Yeah. The, the Jukes were out for themselves, consistent with the biblical principle that the last shall be first, and the family that serves others had more for themselves than the family who had tried to do it by force. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think, you know, like... We need to be on mission with God. We want to, if we disciple our children well, um, this can go on for generation to generation to generation. Uh, Sharing the love of Jesus where our kids, our grandkids, and their kids love the Lord. And they're on mission with God so that others are coming to know Him as well. And I think that's... That's a huge. That's basically. Um, I don't. I can't think of a greater purpose than that. And that's why we have to be sure. I don't. I have not come across Nate one family that has told me in the many that I've interviewed. We have a mission statement for our family with regards to our participation in youth sports. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, uh, and I think to your point, Brian, you know, one of the things that we want to emphasize throughout this whole thing, and we're going to say it over and over and over again, we're not here to be legalistic about any of this stuff. What we're doing is we want to offer our listeners out there ideas, suggestions on how can you uh, better love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. How can you better fulfill the Great Commission? How can you better bring honor and glory to God in the avenue of youth sports? And so, Brian, if I'm hearing you correctly, you know, God has written his word down because as people, 
you know, we're, I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. We're dumb. I mean, we're, we're compared to sheep, which is one of the dumbest animals out there. Um, and so God writes it down so it can be right in our face so that we can constantly be seeing it and reading it so we don't forget it. And this idea of having a mission statement for your family is a similar concept. Write it down so it's right there. So, Dad, as you lose your temper at the ref and as you go yelling out like a madman on the field, when you get home, it's right there. And it's there to help um, convict. Uh, it, you know, and again, this is this is God is ultimately doing the conviction. But if you've written this down and you've made a commitment to this to love God and to honor and glorify Him, then when you're seeing your mission statement as a family and you've seen you've just failed, by the grace of God, you can come to you know full repentance, go to your family and apologize for your behavior, and and just enjoy and embrace that sweet restoration um, through that. Because as we talked about last week. We're going to fail. We're all going to fail. But God's grace is just so great and amazing that, you know, we are never beyond his reach. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, one of the great things, and this this is what to me gets exciting, though. Like, when you don't have a plan uh, in sports, you're going to get sucked into the world of sports. Mm. And that will affect our character and our conduct, especially towards others. And so what gets exciting is we want to be Christians who act like Christians in right. the environment of competitive sports, between the lines, on the sidelines, and in the stands. And what gets exciting is we're all going to grow because dads, you hit it nail on the head here. We're going to have a week where another P is a parent's profile. What sports parenting baggage do we bring into this whole mess? But basically, what it does for me, what it'll do for other fathers, is it we have to model it for our kids. And when we do fail, uh, asking forgiveness, our kids need to see that as well. Mm. And, and so that is great. But let me, let me give you let me give you like a, a practical uh, failing again, just so everybody knows. So, like, I really like sports a lot. You know, so I'm not some like guy who doesn't like sports at all. I'm just saying, like, we've got to use it within. Uh, we've got to have a mission. We've got to understand it within. God's higher calling in our, our life to wi- to live a worthy life. And I'll, I'll never forget going out to watch my son run cross-country one time. And he was running for a secular school, and the, only the top seven runners get to run. And, man, in his first year, he made the top seven in the high school, and I, I was so proud of him. He was a number two runner. And the number one, boy, he was going to he was going to be tough to catch. But, you know, okay, well, two was okay. That, that was, that was, I actually was really proud that he did that. So he's at a race one time, and Nate, I'm on the course, and he usually has a pretty good distance between uh, the third runner on his team. Mm-hmm. And we're at this one corner of the race, and uh, it's kind of midway through or whatever. And here comes my son. Oh, come on, son. Oh, come on, Kyle. You look great. Oh, man, never look better. You know, just the whole thing. But then I look, and the number three runner on our team is a little bit closer than he <laughs> normally is. Right. And so Kyle passes by. And now he's on the same team, the number three runner, right? Right. So and this is a team event and an individual thing, but it's a team event. And so 
number three runner comes by me, and that silence is exactly what I gave to him. Uh, Nothing. Yeah. I didn't say a thing. And I was like, what just happened? Why? Why didn't I cheer on my son's teammate for our team's sake? Well, we all know why. Right. Selfish ambition. Um, there's nothing wrong with me encouraging my son, but what a terrible, terrible attitude I expressed there. My conduct just to be thinking of my son and my son alone and not the team that he was a part of. I was ashamed of myself, but that's what's helping me remember and get back to a mission of I'm out there also to love my neighbors myself, you know, and to to make sure that that comes out. And we're going to talk a lot about that next week. But, see, I just think this, this whole environment competitive sports is a great laboratory for spiritual formation and being on mission with God. It's mm. a great place. It's the most challenging place, but it's a great place. And it all begins with having a new scoreboard. Yeah. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself, and, you know, as I've said, you have a model, love God, right. like sports, make sure it's about love God, and all of that new scoreboard, in a practical way, begins with our listeners and, uh, having a mission statement. Why? Why are we in youth sports, um, and, and fleshing that out as, as a family? Fathers, mothers, talk about this together. Talk about it with your kids and come up with a mission statement that will give you um, a, a reason for why you're in, in sports. And, and uh, take out of it, make sure there's no performance goals in there whatsoever. We want to eliminate, like to get a scholarship and all those things in this mission thing. I don't want that to be part of it. I'm looking at this strictly from a spiritual sense because... As followers of Christ, we want to be obedient, faithful in his sight. Therefore, how are we obedient, faithful in his sight within youth sports? And our all this time and talent and treasures we're investing in it, boy, we better understand what's our mission. Awesome. Well, we're going to go ahead and um, sign it off for today. We know there was a lot of information and a lot to unpack, so we're going to let you all go and digest that. Um, and again, as Brian explained earlier, the glory of the impossible, we want that to be our sign off. So don't forget the glory of the impossible.